This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. listening to the running channel podcast with me sarah hartley rick in the corner still pressing buttons and the former park run oh. world record holder mr andrew badley i'm so sorry about your loss yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very upset about this i'm not no no sarah sarah's very much looking forward to this episode because she gets to absolutely hammer me for 30 minutes about the uh, yeah exactly what you've just said there I've being the waiting. former record holder oh it's brilliant i've been waiting for this moment for so long and we're gonna get into it and not only are we getting into it we're also going to be speaking to the new Andy B. Mr. Andy B. <laughs> oh, the better, the better, the new and improved the Andy B. Yeah, the better you. version of me. <laughs> Let's Brilliant. get into it. we dive into the parkrun news let's start off rick how's your week been oh i mean it's been quite difficult because obviously i've been getting over what happened at the weekend but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, i was at parkrun and then i found out pretty soon afterwards that it happened um I had, a, I had a decent run at the weekend though it was hot mm. um i didn't get anywhere near a pb and i was just looking back to when i actually hit my 5k pb and it was actually in 2019. 2019. And I just had a moment. I was like, whoa, okay, I'm four years out of a 5K PB. Obviously, I've had some pretty drastic surgery in that mm. time, you know, new leg and all that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just get the excuses I, in. I was just kind of thinking, I really, really want it back. How, you know far, I was, how far away are you right now? For, I mean, I, I know it was hot and you weren't necessarily going all out of the weekend, yeah. but how, how close would you be to to running you know as fast as you ever ran post this uh, new surgery where they told you you might not ever run again yeah i was two i'm two minutes 45 seconds it's incredible to be that close so I good think. yeah so, so good so, genuinely like i know we, we make fun of each other on here and i'm about to have you know the piss taken out of me for the next half an hour but <laughs> like i just think it's an amazing thing that you might not have been able to run at all and the amount of hard work that you did put in that no one gets to see, no one ever gets to see how much people do in the mm. gym or whatever to get back to that point. Oh, thanks, mate. No, yeah. I mean, it, it was just one of those moments where I was just kind of looking at it and I did actually have to have Chantal remind me and go, you know, Rick, yeah, you know, it's been a long journey to get back here and we never thought that this, uh, yeah. these type of races would come back at all. So, And you're really only just starting. Like there are a lot yeah. of things that... I really want it, Sarah, though. Mm. I really want it. Like Tell I realised on Saturday how much I want it. Like I just had one of those days. I was like, you know, I was I went back through all my race results for like the last four years, obviously with a three year gap. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> that probably didn't take very long, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it took about, took about ten seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and then I was I just realised I was like, you know, I was looking at my times. Like I really want to hammer into my times and like a lot of like the stuff that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I was like, I really want to work on pace. I wasn't actually tired at the end on yeah. Saturday, but I thought, but it was kind of the fastest I could go. So I thought, yeah, I've got he, to I've got to up something, but I don't. Yeah, know. You're what? probably mechanically a little bit limited, but 
before we go too far down that route, how yeah. did uh, how did you get on, Sarah? How's your yeah. weekend been? Well, also talking about park run, this mm. is just a park oh, run themed episode. Mm. I had a lovely run. It was my birthday, so I dragged all of my friends to park run. Yeah. This year, only one of them did it. <laughs> but I've said now that this is going to be year in year out. We're doing this. So yeah. I've said birthday in the next park run. in the next ten years, they each have to have done it once. Sarah, I feel like this is a recurring theme. You try to drag your friends to running. <laughs> Either races or park runs. And most of the time, most don't come. Oh, no. The incredible thing was, though, so the reason I wanted to do it is because it was my 50th park run, which when I first started running, that was one of the most long-standing goals I've ever had. Yeah. Like that and they were on opposite ends of the scale. I wanted to run 50 park runs and I wanted to do a sub 20 minute 5K. <laughs> I'm oh. still quite far away from the second one, but I've got 50. Did and you get your name read, read out at the beginning? No, because we didn't. It was a total. It turned up too late. Didn't tell them before. Oh, not organised enough. I know it wasn't organised enough. But one of my friends was so unorganised that his train was delayed, and so he was like, "I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'll see you afterwards." But he entered the park at the opposite end to where the the like finish bit of park yeah. run is. So he just joined in. He like didn't go through the funnel or anything, but he just joined in with the park run and ran like two and a half K to get uh, back got, with yeah, a little got, rucksack on his yeah. own. I was like, yes, yeah. get involved. <laughs> but to, uh, to Rick's point though, there's two consistent factors with your friends not wanting to come to these things. Yes. There yeah. is the fact that you're making them run. Yeah. But you know, there's also... You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, hey, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll leave the uh, listeners to draw the conclusions <laughs> as to why they're so reluctant to, to come. You know uh, I'm glad we know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll allow that on the fact that we're about to riff into you for the next 20 minutes, but uh, they all did all turn up, Andy. So. Uh, yeah, nice. And I did have some other running before the news about Parkrun. So, actually, last week we filmed a video which I'm quite proud of. I haven't seen the, the final mm. outcome of the video yet. But we recently had done a 20-minute 5K where I ran a 20-minute 5K uh, whilst talking about it. You, and ran felt a, you ran a bit too fast there, I didn't did you? run too fast, yeah. Um, but then we stepped it up. We were like, next time, let's, we're going to get Andy to run a 45-minute 10K mm -hmm. and talk everybody through what it should feel like, how you could go through all of these different, uh, I suppose, emotions, the, the mental approach to it, how it might feel. But then uh, right at the last minute, we polled our lovely audience and asked them whether I should run 40 minutes or 45 minutes. So I didn't ask for this to happen, but... Well, we wanted to know, you know, we thought yeah. one 40 minute 10K, that'd be quite funny to watch. And also yeah. two, what's more relatable? What did the audience want to see? Now, I don't think they chose this option because necessarily loads of them were working towards this as a goal. Yeah. I just think they wanted to see you suffer. Middle well, they, of the British summer, 40 minute 10K... They started gonna, at 11.30 a.m. Oh, it was Bruce. <laughs> they're gonna, if, if that's what they wanted, that is what they're going to get. Yeah. So I started and, and the first three or four K is fine. But then I'm getting redder <laughs> and I was wearing a pink shirt. And by the end of it, my face matches my shirt. You did literally look like you were in a morph suit. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see me um, disintegrate and unravel mentally and physically on camera, then stay tuned for the uh, sub 40 minute 10K. <laughs> I do think we have a, a kind of a semi kind of evil audience starting. Oh, from yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was, a, there was only one answer coming out of them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, thanks everyone. But we love it. Keep it coming. Although, get off my Strava comments. <laughs> yeah, so before we get onto Parkrun, this has made my day. So last week, Sarah called me out and she'd even prepped for the podcast. She'd printed them out and surprised mm. me with them that there were loads of comments on one of my activities where my kids had uploaded like a three second activity or whatever it was. And then this week, Sarah, you uploaded a very short activity, but it turns out it was legit, but people just didn't understand it. Yeah, I'm actually disappointed by this one because you would have had to turn your phone sideways. Yeah, I think that's your fault, Liz. Yeah, I think I did it wrong. But basically, I'm doing this 30 day challenge at the moment and on my birthday, I didn't need to run. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's a shame. What can I do? So I decided to give Strava art a go. I wasn't part 
part of the challenge when we did oh, yeah. Strava a few years ago. So I was like, great, I'm going to draw my age. And I drew a pretty good, considering I was in a big field where I had to basically run through yeah. really it's pretty, high It's grass. pretty good, but it takes explaining. And I think once it you have to explain something, it's you've lost it because yeah. it, it, you didn't think about the orientation of the map. I no. mean, you are a proponent of abandoning north, south, east and west, east and west, right? You think that up, <laughs> down, left and right is more than sufficient? <laughs> no, I don't. I just said that that as a theory kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, you applied it to your Strava up because your 25 is sideways. So you have to rotate your phone yeah, 90 look, degrees. Right. Everyone who's had a go at me in the Strava comments, just pop back to that activity, turn your phone sideways and you will see a beautiful two that's connected to a lovely five. It is pretty cool. I'm surprised you don't do port me. starboard bow and stern instead of you know up down left and right well i mean why do we need that we've got north south east and west and left up down and right so left up down and right (laughs) (laughs) okay right well i'm braced for it now though like yeah let's let's go so on saturday let's let's set the scene saturday um Mm -hmm. i didn't run park run you guys both did um and then all of a sudden i don't know it was was fairly late it wasn't immediately after park run finished it Mm. was in the afternoon my phone just started going nuts like uh, with people telling me that uh, Andy Butchart, uh, an amazing Scottish runner, two-time Olympian, two-time Olympic finalist over 5K, had broken the record that I set in Bushy Park in 2012. So it stood for 11 years. I'd run 13.48 and he ran 13.45 up in Edinburgh. So yes, I was, I, I don't know, how, I sort of, this is one of those days I assumed would come at some point mm. um, and hadn't given it much, <laughs> much, uh, much thought other than the fact we talk about it amongst ourselves. And then, yeah, everyone thought that I would desperately want to know that this had happened. <laughs> and so so like everyone came out of the woodwork friends and people who are in my phone book who just thought they'd want to throw that information at me i got hundreds of messages saying this happened never mind mate who who was the person who texted you you've not heard from in the longest like was um, there anyone from pre-20 you know from when you set it in 2012 was it 2012 or 2013 2012 um there was definitely people i haven't been in touch with for literally years yeah um, did you reply yeah, yeah. Some of them were really nice. So it wasn't it wasn't all just rubbing my face in it. <laughs> but it was a strange human um, impulse that everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, Andy's my mate. <laughs> if this has happened to him, he'll love knowing about this. Yeah. Let's all let's all dive in on it. And, what you know, was- people went, it was not just people texting you on. I was listening to the radio and on Virgin, they were just talking oh, yeah. about it. Vassos so and Vassos Vassos on, 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 on the radio. All of a sudden, him and Chris Evans just started talking about you. But instead of talking about the new Andy B, yeah. they were actually bigging you up. Here's the nice bit. Uh, they were bigging you up by saying, actually, what a skill it was that you did it back then with no carbon shoes and also, which is what I was thinking on Saturday, uh, and, and no pacemakers. You know, uh, new Andy B had six pacemakers and you just basically got up and went for a run in the morning and smashed it out. And he was talking about how amazing it is that that record stood for so long considering the time that you did it, which I thought was lovely. All that, yeah, no that is a nice thing for them, them to have said. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take that. Um, Me and Sarah would like to partly. I echo did have Andy. Comments. I did have before. Before <laughs> partly, we get partly. Partly echo. We, we did. Ha- I did have Andy Hobdell on the bike, helping me out with the pacing. Yeah, a bike. So I had a, coach a bike. bike. A bike. Yeah. Before yeah. we hear more about you and Bushy Park, you actually caught up with the new, improved Andy B. So should we hear from him? Yeah, it was great. I got a few minutes with him on a video call. So let's have a listen. It was a bit, it was a bit of a laugh, isn't it? I mean, it's an honour to speak with the, <laughs> the previous Parkrun world record holder. Um, oh yeah, now you're just rubbing it in. Nah, 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 nah. It was just a bit of fun, isn't it? I'm sure it was when you did yours as well. Yeah, for me, it was like, um, 
it was sort of not redemption, but I wanted to let off some anger. It was it was straight after 2012. I got knocked out in the semifinals in the in the 1500. Yeah. But for you, I guess this is prep for World Championships this summer. <sighs> you know, it's actually not. I'm not going to take part in this year's World Champs. Okay. So yeah, um, to be honest, genuinely, one of my mates who I run with was like, "Oh, but you're not racing for like a month, couple of months. Yeah, like go and just do a park run and break the world record. Like you should manage it." And I was like. Nah, like, I'm really not bothered, like, blah, blah, And he was like, nah, bitch, come on, like, a few of the boys want to help out, like, it'll be good for the club, good for you, like, let's just go and do it, like, a bit of fun, different clientele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, this whole thing, it's the most popular I've ever felt for the day. On Saturday, I got hundreds of WhatsApp messages. Oh, it's this God. weird thing where people think I'd really be desperate for them to inform me that this this record that I've it's had for, for so long has been, has, has gone, and it's gone to another Andy B. And, funnily enough, you must have been... Well, I don't want to get you in any trouble, but you, what shoes were you wearing? Carbon shoes. New Balance shoes. New Balance shoes, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I, was, yeah, I would have yeah. been running a New Balance shoes as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, gone yeah. From there. Although I was in the old, I don't know, you're, you're younger, but I was in the RC 1600, if you remember those. Yeah, um, so when I first started, it was the RC 1500 yeah. was like the ratio. Yeah. And then they've moved to like, sort of like, yeah, it's all like on carbon, hasn't it? Um, yeah, it'd be definitely be unrecognisable. But go go back a a step it sounds like it was similar because i did it almost because i needed something to get my head back in the game after after the olympics had not ended how i wanted to yeah it was a similar like you said you're not going to run the world championships this summer so it was a sort of similar motivation almost like well i, I want to do something i want to go hard and just just get stuck <sighs> in so yeah so my next race planned is in september so i was like a few of the boys were just like need to do something between now and then yeah talk me through the logistics you said um you had someone kind of coordinating it for you did you have a whole bunch of people <laughs> that ran it with you that were were they pacing you or like how did, how did that work yeah so there was like central i think we must have had like i don't know maybe six or seven guys come down and the plan was just to like if, if they could get me to 3k then that would be great yeah. but there she was was the way out was with the wind behind so that was the bit that i didn't need any help with it was yeah. the way back that i was going to struggle with it ended up only having like two guys kind of paced me at the start yeah and then i kind of dropped them pretty quickly just because like i just knew i needed to get ahead of yeah, the time schedule yeah, yeah yeah and then like luckily when i flipped and i turned back the guys who i dropped just jumped back on and then helped like from like three and a half k to four and a half k yeah but my male splits were like 419 420 432 something so like, i did that drop yeah, yeah yeah so the wind definitely got me and it wasn't like a looped course so you don't have to like overtake like past people yeah, that's when it gets um, difficult if you are running running really fast if you get a three lap course or stuff then you obviously want to be respectful because you know it's not a race yeah exactly so, exactly yeah did you did you know like what were you like because i guess it must have been drifting away from you a little bit in the like like you say into the wind were you yeah, but then you did it by three seconds in the end 13 45 when i saw the finish line i looked at my watch and it said like 13 10 or something like that and I was like, easy. I'm gonna easily get this. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you don't realize how far away like things are when you're. If that makes when you're because you're not running. on attack, right? You've got no gauge. No, yeah. you have no gauge. So like, I was like relaxed at that point, thinking like, oh, 13, 10, like I've got ages. I don't. I didn't want to beat it by. I didn't want to beat it by like ages. I wanted to like like a bit of drama or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You want something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sort of like the last. I saw like ten seconds ago. I was like, oh crap! I need to kind of put my hammer down. So like, yeah, I managed to get it, and I crossed the finish line and like. The ladies who were like leading the park run, who like were running the event, yeah, they were just also happy and like like when they woke up that morning, they didn't think anything like that was going to happen. Yeah, because I guess you and, hadn't you hadn't been in touch with them to tell them you were going to do it. Nah, 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 nah. And like when I got there, like everybody was just so polite and like 
I think Matthew Sutherland must have gone up to the lady and said, oh, one of the guys is going to try and break the record here today. So she came up to me and she was like, oh, I heard you're going to try and break the record. It's like 15.05 or something like that. Like, it's just going to be really difficult today, like, in this wind. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, well, yeah, I was like, oh, we'll see what happens. Like, hopefully I can do it. Like, And then, like, so when she said, like, how to run the race and what way to go, and she kind of said, oh, there's a guy trying to run the record. Like, the whole crowd, like, everybody who was running it was just like, good luck, like, go on, like, yeah. go for it. Like, hopefully you get it. And after it, everybody came up to me. I waited for everybody to finish and everybody came up to me and was like, did you get it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like, sort of a league cross country match. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like it was it was it was fun. Something that you probably don't get that much anymore. Like the, the big race and stuff, there's there's an atmosphere and people are excited, but it's it's totally different, right? I don't know how you describe it, but sort of supportive because those people that would have been there don't necessarily know about high end track and field, but they understand what it takes to go and run that course 5K. And this has been my experience. Like you've run 1306, even two Olympic 5k finals i'm not putting words into your mouth when i had that experience at parkrun it was almost more welcoming they were more excited about that than, than about any of the other stuff i've done yeah I, I know i know exactly what you're saying i know exactly what you're saying it was just yeah, it's just a different running atmosphere there it's not yeah. it's not elite but at the same time there are like people who want to run fast like everybody's got their own sort of what they want to achieve and it's kind of cool because like everybody's achieving in, athlete, in athletics track like track and field i feel like the only person who wins is the winner yeah or is it at the park run, I kind of felt like when I was watching it, like everybody that was crossing the line was like achieving a goal, or even if they missed a the goal, whatever. But like yeah. there was people at the back who were like still winning, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, it, was, it, was, it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah, that's the magic of it is that, you know, they would, Park Run would definitely say it's not a race. But then I used to use it as part of my training and, and ended up running the time that I ran. Yeah. I don't know when my next Park Run will be, like, when or if it'll ever happen. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it was just a fun thing. And, Parkrun needs to stay fun, and it is that. I think some of the people that couldn't keep up because you were going so fast, the guys that you got there to pace with you, they, did they then jump in with you in the, in the latter parts of the race to kind of to help you out into the wind? And there's like six or five guys that five guys that had kind of said like, "Hey, like we'll give up our run today to kind of help you." Oh, that's, that's and then like, yeah, so it was good. And then like three of them helped on the way back. Yeah, and yeah, that made that made all, all the difference. To be honest, like it was just it was just so windy. It wasn't like a, like we did we did a session after one of the boys, the guy who was second, Jimmy Crow. He's like a, he's a very good runner. He was like we're doing the session and, and like out and back in the same bit, and I was like, oh my god, it's so windy. Like he's like, yeah, that's all what we had to deal with. Whilst you had your little bubbles to run around, <laughs> uh, like kind of taking taking them out. And I was like, no, it was only for like, a really brief period that I had the boys help me out. Well, that, like, he that, was like, no, 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 no. Well, that's a nice place to finish, I reckon. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on the Running Channel podcast. I'm really excited to see you step up to 10K and then to the to the marathon next year. So everyone's wishing you loads of luck, I guess, for Paris 2024. That's the goal. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll keep everyone that's listening posted on the Running Channel as to how you get on, but thanks very much. Thanks so much, Andy. Cheers. What a guy. you had it for a long time i just know gotta let some things go what i was thinking was more it feels like that moment in the oscars where they they sort of they turn to the people who haven't won and they're sort of slowly clapping through yeah yeah through uh (laughs) through gritted teeth but no what's annoying was speaking i I wanted to hate him for it (laughs) And and then and then speaking to him like it was just really lovely and he had uh, some really lovely thoughts about parkrun which were exactly matched by mine which is mm. we have this really different experience of, of running uh, if you have run at the level that he's running at so he's like don't forget two olympic finals 1306 like he was sixth and 11th in, in the olympics mm. so f- for him 
right now, this isn't wasn't like a massive big deal. Like yeah. you can sort of hear that it was more of a thing that his friends wanted him to do because they would understand. And hopefully in the future, he'll get to see what a cool thing it is that he'll get to talk about. Um, but it's, it's probably like a weird thing that people would be fixated on this when as an elite, your mind is purely focused on, I suppose, medals, championships and times on the track. Uh, and now for him on the road. That, um, yeah, j- uh, anyway, just hearing him talk about it made me... Uh, reminisce. Ha- reminisce and, and feel really happy about it. Like, yeah. Like, well, well, you, I'd you, love you, to have hung on to but it, you, you can but. always be the longest ever record holder of Parkrun. Well, unless he holds it for longer than I did. Yeah, no one's going to hold it for that long again. I do Very think, unlikely. Really? I think it's going it's to chop and change now. I do think it's pretty likely that it's become a bit more of a cult thing to talk yeah. about. And let's be honest, remembering that, that Parkrun's not a race. So it's for everyone's going there for their own goals to try and achieve whatever, whatever, whatever it is they right, want you're racing yourself. Yeah, well, some people yeah. are. Some people just want to turn up and, and enjoy it. But he in doing that, might well have almost laid down the gauntlet for yeah, other think, top runners. Yeah, the everyone else is right. like, wasted for yeah. a long time. I'm not going to, yeah. whereas now. And his description of, of Edinburgh sounds like it's, you know, out and back. And if, if the wind's in the wrong direction, which he said it was, then then like it really affects you. Whereas I think mm-hmm. if you could choose a faster course, like I've never heard Edinburgh mentioned as one of the fast parkrun courses. No, no. So, so I'd, I'd imagine that um, if someone chose to do one that's a bit more sheltered, like perfect road surface and, and all of that sort of stuff, then they could go even faster and maybe just completely put it out of sight. But it would be exciting to see if people kind of get inspired to go and do it. Um, and what it requires is someone of Andy's level to take time out of the big races mm. and, and go and choose to do it. I do think what's interesting as well is seeing whenever someone runs like either a personal best or a record like that or mm. something big, it, I always find it interesting what they from hearing them talk about it, what they think is like the coolest element of that. Because what he was talking about, like you said, is the fact that he had the people from his club running with him and the paces and like his whole experience was like put through the lens of, oh, we went out and did this cool thing. And like, it was really great that he had people that were willing to like go out and do that with him. Whereas I've, my personal experience is when I've done something like that, I always want to talk about like break it down into each every little moment yeah. whereas actually i'm guessing as an elite you're the way that you're constantly thinking about races is like you and the other people that you were racing which obviously he didn't have in that moment so yeah it's a time trial against himself right with other people trying to help him set this yeah. this record um but i just think it is so cool that like he's going to remember that that for him is special because yeah. he went out there with his group of mates and did it Whereas yeah. I think for a lot of people, and that actually is my best parkrun experiences are always when you go out with friends. It's yeah. not necessarily time yeah. doesn't matter. It's just you go out, have great conversations and then yeah. get that. And then actually sometimes when you run really fast, it, it's not that fun <laughs> because all yeah. you can remember is like, I hurt for a really long time and then I finished. Yeah, I used to love being in a an amazing training group of, of guys where we felt like we were operating like clockwork almost. Everyone knew their place. You'd slot in and out. It was a bit like the team pursuit on the cycling where we would take a lap each on the track, for example. And I think that's what you could hear in Andy's voice when he was describing the, the kind of operation that his, his mates had put in place for him. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that they came back in yeah. to help as yeah, well. That's so cool. They helped him to basically execute this, this thing. And then the bonkers bit, which we sort of glossed over a little bit, he went and did a session afterwards. <laughs> he helped them do a workout after it yeah. because they'd kind of sacrificed their workout to help him. So he was then like, oh, I'll go and give back to them. Not just fall on the floor and be sick everywhere, which is probably how I was feeling yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, my, after mine. No, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. But I think what I'm taking from that is the sometimes the best races or like best runs will be with other people. So if you're, 
if you're stuck in a bit of a rut, either go to park run because just the feeling of other people running with you on a Saturday morning is enough. Like you don't even need to look at your watch. Yeah. Or if you are like working towards a 5k PB, get a group of people around you. Not only can they act as a windbreak. Yeah. <laughs> are we reading also... an interesting study recently, weren't we, about, the, about where you need to position people to give you the optimum windbreak? Yeah. So actually, you get your ducks in a row. Actually, just what was interesting is it's it's one person directly in front of you and one person directly behind you. Really? Is the optimum, yeah. So you're in a little wind tunnel. Yeah. And then I suppose you could have people around you as well, but they, they tested various formations and that was, um, well, we might make a video about it because I think that's interesting. I think I'm a massive science geek. Yeah. So. <laughs> when I went on that break. cycle ride, the lads did that in front and behind me. Yeah. Didn't make any difference at all. Still couldn't get up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you did no training at they all. They attached some rope, <laughs> winched you up the hill. Anyway, commiserations, Andy. Yeah. yeah, thanks very much. The one thing I'll remember from uh, this week is just how smug Sarah Harley is. Mm -hmm. But, you, you know, fair play to you. You didn't have carbon plated shoes and you did mm. do part of it on grass. So Yeah, for grass that, and gravel, Bushy Park. No road at all. And gravel. Yeah. Okay, you have my respect for that. <laughs> I didn't have it before. No. Okay, fine. <laughs> you have some. A little, 1%. Ex excellent. Well, you're listening to the Running Tunnel podcast and up next we've got a little bit of news and then your questions. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now at the Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Right, well, I'm guessing, Andy, you've just been absorbed by Parkrun all weekend. So... Yeah, no other news will have entered your sphere. Well, there's a massive benefit to me not really being on social media because otherwise <laughs> I'd have been being tagged and commented on in, in all sorts of... I, well, I imagine that's how it works, right? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. how it works. You um, actually are on social media, though. We're quite close at the moment. Oh, are we? So oh, yeah. anyone yeah. listening to the Run Channel podcast, get involved at Run Badders on Instagram. We're at trying Rick to get Kelsey to 5, on Instagram. Thank you very much. Don't listen to him. Actually, I tell you what. So we get... <laughs> 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 we get a fair few thousand people listening to this every week and yeah. I would like to up the stakes since okay. since you boys are so faffy about Instagram followers whoever no. gets to 5,000 followers first yeah. doesn't have to record an entire running channel podcast within an ice bath <laughs> oh, oh so the, 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 the per oh my goodness I'm, I'm, so I'm all in <laughs> You will be all in if you don't get to 5,000 first. So Andy, if you hit 5,000 Instagram followers first, then you'll Rick be has sat in your lovely chair. And Rick R has to do it in and an And Rick bar. would have to be in a wheelie bin for the entire record in an ice bar. Okay, well, you heard you heard it here first. So if you go and follow either at Rick Kelsey or at <laughs> Run Badders on Instagram, or both of us, then we can see who gets to 5,000 first. And then therefore the loser will be recording at least 30 minutes. They, they take us a bit longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Sat in an ice bath. But you know what? Hold off because it's really hot in the UK at the moment. So that would actually be less of a of a forfeit. So let's let's wait till like November, December when it's really cold. Yeah, hopefully we've forgotten by then. <laughs> no, no. Well, no, I mean, they could, they could, the people listening could t fundamentally change this in a week. We could all of a sudden have to do it. So, right. But your news story, Sarah, what's going on? Yeah, right. So park run aside, an incredible run happened this weekend. Western States 100. Mm, yes. Absolutely phenomenal ultra marathon. Every year it captures 
many people's attention. So you can watch it live stream on YouTube as well. Absolutely incredible. And this year, two people smashed it out of the park. Well done to every single person that finished. They have quite an extreme cutoff. So actually watching yeah, it's a hardcore race. the last person come in and like beat that cutoff was for me was just as emotional as watching the finishes. But Courtney DeWalter, incredible ultra runner. If she's not on your radar, go and check her out because she is absolutely amazing. She took 80 minutes off the course record and finished Western States 100 in 15 hours, 29 minutes and 30 seconds. Incredible. Mind yeah. blowing. It's hot as well, right? Yeah, really hot. There's even, you have to do a boat crossing, which a I boat just think crossing is so fun. To take you from one part of the course to another. Yeah, you like cross this little river. So if you miss the boat, it really... Well, I assume time. they have individual boats for people, do they, to take them off? I don't know if they have multiple boats, but there's usually like, because it's 100 miles, you usually get gaps. So oh but it might be, yeah, like if you're neck and neck with someone, That's whoever nuts, reaches the river first will get to go. It's not running, it's a safari. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Tom Evans, British runner, he came home in 14 hours, 40 minutes and 22 seconds, which is the fourth fastest ever that... Um, someone's completed that. Yeah, course. so he was the overall men's winner. Yeah, overall yeah. men's winner. Absolutely incredible. He's like come back from injury and has had an absolutely phenomenal mm. year so far. Yeah. And I just want to say, if this race doesn't sound hard enough, 18,000 feet up and then 23,000 feet descent. Oh, so it's net downhill. I'll tell you what, that got a little chuckle from our videographer off screen. So we'll leave that in for you, Andy. <laughs> That's true though, right? And then we'll I'm sign not saying you... that makes it easier, but, you but know if you're what? overall to just look at the net figure. Then... We'll sign you up next year <laughs> yeah. and then you can give your verdict. Uh, <laughs> you, are listening... <laughs> you are listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, questions, Rick. Okay, so as this is a bit of a special episode, we just thought we'd pick the best question of the week. Mm. And it comes from Phil, but we don't know where he's from. <laughs> Rick is very cross about this. <laughs> Quick, Phil, tell us where you're from. Phil says, fast runners usually have a heel kick that virtually goes to their backsides, while most recreational runners just do whatever we do. So what benefit does a heel kick bring? And would they apply to medium and slow runners? Is this part of running form something that we should be thinking about? Or does it only matter for fast runners? Andy, do you have a heel kick? I had quite an unusual running style with a very low knee lift um, so and, and not a very high heel flick. So I'd run with other other runners of a similar level. We'd go out and run through the mud on a Sunday um, and their whole back up to their shoulder blades and back of their head would be covered with mud that they'd flicked up with their heels. Wow. And the back of my legs and the back of my you could shorts. Go, you could go to a dinner party. Yeah, I'd be relatively clean. It was like a running <laughs> joke. Um, but where this comes from is, is that generating that amount of power to have a stride length of probably over two meters or around about two meters like if anyone looks at their um stats from their watch their their stride length for, for most people is going to be a lot shorter than yeah that, unless they're absolutely hammering it then to generate that kind of power the foot contacts with the track and then or with the with the road and then the kind of almost like if you imagine it as your follow through your legs follow through behind you and, and come up behind you mm. it's called rear side mechanics okay. so it's something that, that a lot of sprinters would work on um but the answer is to whether it, it's worth trying to adopt it is no. I think that you optimize your own mechanics for your own body and your own pace. So Michael Johnson had a really unusual upright running style. He set world records. Um, I ran really unusually for a lot of people in terms of that no lean, low knee lift and, and not a very high mm. heel flick, but still ran quite fast. Um, and I was just looking to optimize within that small range for me. So that meant doing running drills and working on faster foot contacts and a better knee drive and all of those things. But actually having that big follow through where you really kick your bum, like it has a place in a, in a 
those elite really fast runners like watching uh usain bolt run or um joshua chapter guy or the guys that hold world records um but for most people it's just more likely to cause trouble yeah if it feels forced your- if i try and do it, it feels forced mm. sarah do you heel kick i don't really i'm kind of similar to andy mm. i don't have I look just like a straight line <laughs> when I run. But I also think that this is one of the things where if you look at like Tom Cruise running in a film or like <laughs> oh, James yeah. Bond, yeah. they will always have a heel flick because yeah. they're always like, what's the most dramatic way we could run? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, they I think that's what differentiates someone like Tom Cruise running in the movies. His, his is all at the front. So it's like on my front side mechanics, which is probably less efficient. So um, I could have this the wrong way around and, and we'll have some biomechan- biomechanists writing in. But like he, he's always driving <laughs> oh, those yeah. knees and High arms knees. In, in front yeah. of him. Yeah. I don't actually think he drives very hard behind him. So it's probably he's probably got more wasted energy. That's going to be what I'm going to hazard a guess at. I tell um, you what, if you want us to do an episode of like Tom Cruise versus Daniel Craig, who would actually run faster if they were head to head in a film, we can do that. There's loads of cool stuff like that. Like Rocky, there's a really famous Rocky montage where he runs through the streets of Philadelphia before one of his fights. I forget mm-hmm. which Rocky movie it's in. But then I'm pretty sure that if you took every landmark that he runs past in that montage, you'd have to run about 32 miles. Oh, really? Um, which obviously he didn't do before a fight. <laughs> so so that maybe we should go and recreate that. That, that was sent in to us by someone who uh, I can't claim That's that knowledge brilliant. myself. That is so good. Yeah. And uh, the answer, Sarah, by the way, is Daniel Craig. You know why? Why? Because he's from the Wirral. Yes, he's from the Wirral. <laughs> the Paradise Peninsula. And I think that's uh, a good note yeah. to end the podcast off. Greatest Brilliant. place in the world. At Runbadders on Instagram. At Rick Kelsey <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, and please email him podcast at theroanchannel.com with any questions or just to give these guys <laughs> I don't want to do an ice bath. to put them back in their place. <laughs> I really don't want to do an ice bath. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.